Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Six quarterbacks with a legitimate chance of finishing week 17 as the quarterback one overall. According to Hayden Winks, his rankings are in the description down below. We kick those off, Hayden. Jalen Hurts against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he only has the record for most rushing scores for a quarterback in a single season. Yeah, and he's playing the 26th uh, defense against fantasy quarterbacks. That's a trend for these top six guys, by the way. Um just to highlight, and we have every single week, every quarterback that faces this Cardinals defense, they are blitzing at the league lowest rate and are pressuring passes at the 27th lowest rate. Um, and they are also giving up rushing points to quarterbacks at the 26th rate in the league, too. And if I had to say the weakness of the Eagles offense right now is when they get pressured, they don't yeah. have an exact answer. Jalen Hurts bails to the pocket, throwaways. We're not going to have that this week, I promise. Lamar Jackson is your quarterback, too. This is against the Miami Dolphins. Their defense is much better. The Ravens, though, at home are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. When he was pressured this past Monday against San Francisco, Hayden, it's what we talked about also when they faced the Browns this year. He was 7 of 8 for 113 yards to go along with a 30-yard scramble. He was wonderful once he got settled in here. I have a lot of respect for the Dolphins' defense. They've been top five in passing and rushing numbers since they got Jalen Ramsey back. But Lamar Jackson is playing at a really high level. He just scrambles a ton. And right now, uh, this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Ravens projected for 25 points, which is top five on the week. I brought up those pressure numbers because Lamar is actually averaging a league high 8.4 yards per pass attempt when pressure of the season has six touchdowns on those compared to just one interception. And the Dolphins currently are third in pressure rate and top in sack rate. So it just doesn't affect Lamar as it might some of these other pocket statues. Interesting. Next, Josh Allen against the New England Patriots. A very good defense but a team that are 12-point underdogs here to the Buffalo Bills. And obviously, so much is focused on Jalen Hurts and his rushing scores. Josh Allen has a very commendable 13 rushing touchdowns this season. He's been so dominant scrambling. Um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the MVP race, and I think Josh Allen very much deserves some recognition, especially if they can win these next two games, beat the Dolphins. The reason why I love Josh Allen and MVP, this is uh, – all the quarterbacks, when they play a top 12 defense, Josh Allen is the only one that's an elite quarterback against the best units like New England is. For example, 50% success rate, by far the highest EPA, actually twice as high as even the second best a quarterback in EPA against these elite defenses. He has stood out there 
the the receiving weapons haven't been as good. The offensive line is very inconsistent, but his scrambling ability, he's picking his spots at such a great rate right now. That's why Josh Allen, even in a bad matchup, uh, deserves our respect. And do not rule him out for MVP. It's kind of a long shot at this point. Very but much he, long shot. He, his EPA, all of the fancy stuff, uh, those metrics are really popping out for Josh Allen right now. I, mean, I think Lamar almost has to lose the last two weeks in order for Josh Allen to get it. Yeah, but I think I think the conversation worth having. Who's been like the actual better quarterback this entire year? Josh Allen's been really, really good. Um, 252 passing yards per game are actually his lowest since the 2019 season. But again, it helps that he has all these rushing touchdowns. Do so you think this offseason we're going to get once again the narrative that the Bills don't want Josh Allen to run as much inside the 10 yard line? They're going to try to bring in pieces around that. Uh, it will not work. Josh Allen. You can't take Josh Allen out of Josh Allen. Nor <laughs> do we saying, want that to happen. Because we've heard it the last two all seasons, so let's make it a trifecta. Your quarterback four is Dak Prescott. This is against the Detroit Lions. I mean, this team's projected for nearly 30 points in this game. It hasn't been great from Dak Prescott from a pure fantasy angle over these last three weeks. The quarterback 13, the quarterback 32, the quarterback 14. Um, but this is a perfect spot to get 20-plus points under our belt here. Second highest team total on the week. Lions are 26 against fantasy quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, when he has some time, can absolutely let it rip. And he should have time in this one. I thought he handled a lot of pressure last week at a very high clip. Hopefully, left tackle Tyron Smith is back in this one because the backup really struggled against a more fierce Dolphins pass rush last week. But Dak Prescott right now is still playing at a very, very high level um, even last week. So now we have at home against a struggling Lions defense, it's time to go. Just to pull this back to Lamar Jackson for a second, because you talked about offensive line stuff, Tyron Smith at left tackle for the Cowboys. The Ravens are like rotating four tackles. Yep. I mean, it's just bonkers stuff yeah. that they're doing this season. And it makes sense. I mean, it's working. Okay. Quarterback five this week, Brock Purdy. This is at the Washington Commanders, another team that is above a 30 implied total. Actually, I think they're the only one this week, even though we saw the Eagles and the Cowboys hovering among that number. Yeah, I mean, the reason why, even though Brock Purdy might not get there, like the rushing points, like the top three, is because if he's going to throw for four or five touchdown passes, it is this game against the Commanders defense. It doesn't get easier than the Commanders. We, uh, I've talked about they traded their two edge rushers. They put their best linebacker on injured reserve. This is like the team that's by far tanking uh, on one side of the ball. They have literally no chance here. So Brock Purdy, huge bounce back spot. Uh, I have really aggressive rankings with uh, George Kittle. I almost made George Kittle my tight end one more on that later. And then both Brandon Ayuk and Debo are in my top 10. This is an offense that projects like absolutely ridiculous numbers this week. The commanders are 31st in pressure rate on the side defensive side of the ball. And we know that last week against the Ravens, uh, three of the four interceptions were tipped or pressure or those types of mm -hmm. factors involved. So we shouldn't get that one. One little thing just to keep in mind, the last two or three games, defenses have been playing Brock Purdy with two high shells and kind of changing the looks post-snaps, giving them some simulated pressures. That's worked. That has not been the case for most of the year. A lot of teams are choosing to play uh, single high because they're worried about Christian McCaffrey running the ball. So we're going to see if we see uh, defenses approach this offense uh, in a new fashion. That obviously worked last week, but this commander's team does not have the dogs that the Ravens do. Okay, we'll close this one out with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback six. Um, fantasy points and really the Chiefs scoring in second halves in general uh, would not indicate that he belongs among the top six here or in tier number one. I mean, just 
actually not just, but he has over the past seven games, six games of not being a quarterback one scorer. So top 12 at the position. It's been struggle city, but back at home against the Bengals, Bengals are 23rd against fantasy quarterbacks. They just lost DJ reader. Who's probably their best pass rusher and uh, interior guy stopping the run. It's a huge deal. The Bengals right now are 20th in passing uh, EPA, 27th in rushing EPA. Uh, Mahomes right now projected for 25 and a half points as a team. So this is a good bounce back spot for him, even if we can't uh, expect any of these pass catchers to really step up. That's been the struggle. Obviously, he hasn't playing his best ball on top of that. Um, but the Bengals, they just, it's a Trey Hendrickson and basically nobody else at this point. Well, speaking of Trey Hendrickson, it is wild to me. I was looking at sack numbers among the top five defensive players across the league. He has 16 sacks this year. Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. I mean, obviously you hear about TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. There's no chance obviously he's going to win any award, but just Trey Hendrickson's name being up there among the top five, Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, 16 sacks for Trey yep. Hendrickson. Um, just quickly on Patrick Mahomes, because Reeves pointed this out in the worksheet. Mahomes basically faced only one other defense that is this bad all season long, and that was the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, he posted 33 fantasy points in that game. Yeah. Also, Mahomes is number two on that list against the top 12 defenses, so it's it's the mediocre defenses that he's been struggling with. <laughs> How okay. Your quarterback seven this week is Justin Fields. Last week, he got there, Hayden. It wasn't by passing. Shocker. Uh, He was the quarterback 24 in passing points last week at 8.8. But why we love Justin Fields and for fantasy and why we advocate for him last week is that he also carried the ball nine times for 97 yards and a touchdown, which gave him the quarterback four overall week. He was a stud last week, just a little bit worse of a matchup this week. The Falcons still somehow are the number one team in rushing EPA allowed even without Grady Jarrett. Uh, the Falcons offense plays slow. So do the Bears. So there's just a little bit volume concerns here. DJ Moore, he's practicing, but he did get kind of rolled up on. Hopefully that doesn't linger around. And Cole Komet has not practiced. So take away a couple of the top uh, skill guys for him and then a little bit tougher of a matchup. And th- that's the difference of Justin Fields, like being super high on him last week versus like, viewing him as like a normal quarterback one this week. It feels like defense or offenses are totally avoiding the middle of the field now with Jesse Bates. Um, so smart. And, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's very smart. He is like one of the pure ball hawking safeties. Just read the quarterback's eyes yep. and attack. So see what Justin Fields does in the passing game there. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this Falcons defense coordinator, by the way. I know he came from New Orleans. If they can carry this success over to next season and maybe with mm-hmm. some actually good pieces because they brought in just a bunch of kind of random free agents and guys that had, you know, experience in the system. If he's able to do that after next year, then I think we might have a name on our hands. I mean, could they just get one good edge rusher? That would be a start. It's fair. Uh, I won't bring it up, but like it has felt like since not the Jamal Anderson days, but um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time for the Falcons. Next. Matthew Stafford as your quarterback eight. This was the best stat in Richie Barr's worksheet. Okay. This week. When Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua have been on the field this season, the Rams are averaging 6.8 yards per offensive play. That matches the San Francisco 49ers who lead the NFL in that department. Um, we haven't gotten all three of those players on the field healthy as often as we wanted to. But when we do, it's arguably the best offense in the league. 
it was a what could have been season with Cooper Cup this year, um, but it's a fantastic matchup right now. The Giants are the league's worst team in sack rates. They get lit up by quarterbacks. Uh, this is Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind, and this has just been a complete uh, go spot against the Giants this entire season. And to, I mean, to me, Matthew Stafford's a top five quarterback in the league right now. And yep. the offensive line's holding up. Sean McVay's in his bag. Puka Nakua is unbelievable so it's it's time to go when those three skill players have been the field there's been 191 matthew stafford dropbacks he has a cool 15 touchdowns and one interception yeah on those dropbacks your quarterback nine cj stroud he is back this is against the tennessee titans when the texans last faced the titans and it was on the road um it was a come from behind victory by case keenum uh where their defense played very good football um, CJ Stroud has just three weeks of finishing higher than the quarterback 10. So you having him as the quarterback nine, you expect it to happen here in week 17. This is an everything funnel against the Titans because their entire defense is injured, traded, waived some combination of all of that. This is just what their starting lineup looked like in week one. And all this red that you see on the screen, those are just players that are no longer part of the equation, including their best player, Jeffrey Simmons, maybe their second best player, Kevin Byer, traded away. So this is a perfect spot for C.J. Stroud to absolutely come back and light it up. They're projected for 24 and a half points immediately where they were when C.J. Stroud was rocking and rolling before that Jets game. And this is just a beautiful matchup, must-win game for C.J. Stroud, the first must-win game of his career. I think he's ready for it. Uh, I'm expecting huge things from this entire offense. Yeah, three and a half point home favorites here. And... The games that he has finished higher than quarterback 10, it's Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. Those are all secondaries that we want to attack. Mm-hmm. Same with the Titans. Quarterback 10, starting in the third tier, that is Baker Mayfield. Uh, he has now thrown multiple touchdown passes in seven of his last nine games. Um, pretty good. Pretty good season from Baker. Yeah. Canales is good. Mike Evans is excellent. Chris Godwin is stepping up uh, recently after kind of dealing with some injuries and kind of the uh, – October, November parts of the schedule. This team seems very good. The Saints are just one of these like defenses that kind of just nag at you. They're number nine against fantasy quarterbacks. They're number nine in passing EPA, number nine in rushing EPA allowed. So this isn't the cleanest matchup. Uh, Bucks are projected for about 23 points. So still above average because this is definitely an above average offense. Baker Mayfield's playing average NFL quarterback right now, and he just throws the ball up to Mike Evans, which if you ask me, uh, Pretty, pretty good smart. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty smart. And no Lattimore. I say it every single week. The team I was most wrong about heading into the season and their offense was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, they're just going to run it back. They're just going to run it back. So I'll be very intrigued to see the contract that they give Baker Mayfield this offseason. Um, and if it has some overlap with the Geno Smith contract last year. Uh, and there is a tie in between the two. And that is Dave Canales. Yep. Keep him around. Hopefully. Jared Goff. Quarterback 11 this is this week. This is at the Dallas Cowboys. Typically, when you see an underdog by six points, you also don't see that team projected for nearly 24 points. But that's what you're getting here with Jared Goff and the Lions. Yeah, Lions, Cowboys. These offenses are complete studs. Uh, this is one of those matchups where on the road against a Micah Parsons-led uh, defensive line where things could get kind of wonky with Jared Goff, but ultimately... He's been such a stud, like we talked about with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery in the running back show. This is a matchup where I think the Lions are going to want to run 
right at you. Still no Jonathan Hankins, the defensive tackle for the Cowboys. They've been one of the worst run defenses in the league. Obviously, Detroit loves playing that type of football. So maybe play volumes down just a little bit here for Jared Goff, but ultimately rock solid quarterback one, two. Obviously, you're not going to get any of the scrambling ability like some of the other guys. Rich Rebar in his worksheet points out that one, the Cowboys lead the NFL in pressure rate. 45.5% of dropbacks wow. and under pressure. Jared Goff, eight interceptions, six touchdowns. When kept clean this year, 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. So it's the point I always go back to Jared Goff and really the reason why he might not ascend into that top tier mm -hmm. contract label. Um, but also the Lions offensive line is quite good. Yes, very good. So it's great, great team building over there in Detroit. Shout out Brad Holmes. Maybe we'll get him on the show sometime. My buddy. Okay, Kyler Murray up next. He's quarterback 12. This is at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this past week was the first game that Kyler Murray, since returning from injury, threw for multiple touchdown passes. Um, he still does not have a top six scoring game mm -hmm. since coming back, just one higher than quarterback nine. Um, but this could be a spot where we see a ton of volume from the Cardinals because they're going to be trailing by a lot of points. We really trust the Eagles against Arizona's defense and the Eagles defense themselves has not been very good. 31st against fantasy quarterbacks. They're basically dead last in pass rate as well. The teams are choosing to go after the Eagles secondary and it's certainly working. So we're going to see some Kyler Murray scrambling still no Marquise Brown. So this is one of the worst wide receiver groups, certainly that he's dealing with. But when you got Trey McBride, you can scramble it up and then also this team does uh, want to play with a little bit of pace and stuff as well. So I'm uh, just expecting Kyler Murray to have lots of volume, like you said. To that point, the Eagles have faced a league-high 39 pass attempts per game this season. It feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it. Okay. Quarterback 13 is actually Jordan Love. Some people might be shocked that he has surpassed some others, but Hayden, what we get here, even on the road, they are favorites in this game. And Jordan Love has now finished as the quarterback 13 or higher in six of his past seven games. I'm still waiting for injury updates. It sounds like Jaden Reed is going to play. It sounds like Christian Watson's going to miss. Yep. It'll be Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Dontavian Wicks is maybe more questionable. Same thing with my guy Luke Musgrave. So lots of injuries for Green Bay. But Jordan Love has handled it in most of these games. And also the Vikings defense. They're kind of losing some bodies at this point. So we still love Brian Flores and what he brings to the table, but uh, they're losing some serious pass rushers at this point. So um, I think this is a good spot for Jordan Love. Team totals at 22 points, which is slightly above average, as is my ranking. He only had 14.6 points back in week eight when facing this Minnesota Vikings defense. That one was even at home. But I also feel, and the people out there know, that we have hit a different Jordan Love slash offense that mm -hmm. the Packers streak is on uh, since that week eight game. People are going to be irate, Hayden. Your quarterback 14 is to a tongue of our level. We get it every single week. It's one player in each of the rankings. Yeah. It's been a long time. Jalen Waddle, who's going to miss this week um, at the wide receiver spot. Running backs this week, it was Travis Etienne. Hopefully you all tune into that show. And then at quarterback, it seems like it's Tua every single week because uh, Sam Howell's been benched. For him, it was a while. <laughs> um, but Tua does get the Baltimore Ravens defense this week. Uh, Hayden to not compensate for that, but where Tua and this offense drift to in pressure games in terms of good pass rushes, uh, he got the ball out of his hands in 2.13 seconds mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. 
That's what he's been doing the entire season. I do think playing on the road has worked against Tua historically. This Ravens defense is really physical. It's also really fast um, up the middle. So I think that's going to help them. Mike McDaniels, he just faced this uh, same exact type of scheme last week against Brock Purdy and made him look very, very average. And I think that Tua missing Jalen Waddle also matters here. So typically the Dolphins projected about like 28 to 30 points this week, only at 22. And obviously they've scored a bunch of touchdowns on the ground throughout the season. So um, just, I think it's a bad matchup against an elite defensive coordinator. And we'll see if the like physicality um, ends up mattering for Tua. There it is. There it is. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see this type of matchup. Two has been inside of the top 10 scores of the position in just two of his past 12 games. So, like, wow. we can talk about Raheem Mostert. We can talk about Tyreek Hill. We can talk about when Jalen Waddell uh, has the primary wide receiver role. But it just right. not, has not happened for touchdown passes to be at an elite rate for Tua. Again, inside of the top 10 scores. And to be honest, I talked about that heading into the season also when drafting Tua mm-hmm. uh, lower than you might some of these other pieces around him. That's crazy given the context of the Tyreek Hill. Totally. That he has not brought to along with him. And maybe it's because it Jalen Waddle's been performances. Hey, do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel, want to cancel, don't know how to cancel? I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions, and you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Yeah. But it, it also highlights rushing performances for the quarterback yeah, position. Definitely does. The quarterback 15 this week, and we can keep kind of going quickly here if you yeah, want to. The next two sure. names, Gardner Minshew and Geno Smith. I don't know who the hell is starting these guys this week. No, th- to me, it, we fall off a cliff after C.J. Stroud, in my opinion. So uh, Gardner Minshew, it sounds like Michael Pittman's going to be back. The Raiders have been much better uh, on defense recently with Antonio Pierce. But I just think that when Gardner Minshew gets his number one guy back, that's going to make a huge difference. And then same thing with Geno Smith. All three of the pass catchers are healthy. They're back at home. The Steelers secondary has been better with their rookie corner uh, kind of shadowing guys, but they've still been really exposed in the secondary, obviously missing um, a couple starting safeties there. So as long as they can kind of keep DJ Watt, uh, TJ Watt contained here, Geno Smith should be able to throw the ball all over the yard. It's just like, he's like in the Jared Goff discussion, very little scrambling. Yep. Okay. Joe Flacco. Up next, this Thursday night football, people might watch this an hour beforehand. I did want to bring up the scenario that I brought up to you because everyone wants to hear about my fantasy team here. Of course. So, especially Galaxy Brain fantasy theories here. So, Superflex, Joe Flacco, because I've lost Kirk Cousins and a few other guys, um, 
is my Superflex quarterback. It's been great. Wonderful. I uh, can't wait for him to lift the trophy. However, he's facing the Jets. Revenge game. Revenge yeah, game. Right. Now, the other aspect, the likes of Jacoby Brissett and Jarrett Stidham are out there in free agency. Uh, however, it's waivers that come out tomorrow morning, so I can't lock those in. So the question I had for all of you is, do I take the risk of potentially getting one of those two guys? I'm facing Brandon Thorne in the finals and starting one of those or just roll with Joe Flacco and the gravy train that has got me here to this point. I say I've ranked Joe Flacco ahead and you, he's on your roster currently. So that's what I would go with. Now, there, there are some contexts here. The Jets have been elite against passing quarterbacks and Amari Cooper has not practiced this entire week. Seems like he's like a true game time decision uh with that one he's been just absolutely carrying joe flacco so not as clean of a matchup as it's been for joe flacco but joe flacco lit it up last week and when i thought was not the cleanest matchup as well so he's just been good man yep i mean i don't know if they will get to the 42 44 46 pass attempts here but at the same time what the jets defense has done so well is just create pressure and havoc and make lesser inexperienced quarterbacks kind of crumble. Right. Joe Flacco is not going to do that. He's still just yeah. going to let it rip. And even if Amari Cooper goes or doesn't, obviously the success is going to be better if Amari Cooper goes. If it doesn't, they're going to play Elijah Moore in that spot, you know, yeah. and we're still going to get David and Joku underneath. And so I think that they can still be successful. I, I don't like Elijah Moore versus uh, actually Elijah Moore revenge game as well. Yes. <laughs> so things are really brewing. I mean, seven and a half point favorites here. I know it's only 21 points that they're projecting. Right. But like it's at home favorites. So like gets two of the three of the formula. So I'm going to go with Joe yeah. Flacco instead of, you know, Jacoby set versus the 49ers or Jarrett Sidham versus the Chargers, which is probably the one that I would prefer. Ugh. Just, you know, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to play. And then uh, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall rolls out your super flex rankings here. Hayden. Well, with Trevor Lawrence, he did not practice today as well. So even if he does play, we're talking about knee injuries ankle injuries, now a shoulder injury. So I'm not expecting the same Trevor Lawrence as usual. And then also the Panthers are the best fantasy quarterback defense because the Panthers play so slow on offense typically. Um, yeah, with, with Jaron Hall, the Vikings came out and announced him as the quarterback. And then the team total did drop by two points. So the betting markets aren't a fan of Jaron Hall. I, we basically know nothing about him. Um, all I can say is the Packers are so bad. On defense right now they now suspended Jair Alexander after going out for the coin toss uh without the coach's permission and then almost saying I want to play defense first and saying saying I want to defer the decision which would have cost the team um some equity as well well he got suspended for all that stuff and by the way Jair Alexander it did not seem like he gave two shits about that entire uh dilemma uh let's just say the refs were not kind to the home team last week true um okay there are a few quarterback changes that we should just spend like a minute on if you want to real quick. Sure. I know we might be running long here, but um, next is Russell Wilson. I'll just throw him in the middle here. Okay. Um, so he has been benched. Hayden, we've talked about this possible scenario a lot this season and how on the field, Sean Payton has basically condensed the playbook and he did that after this team started one and five or one and seven or what it was. And Sean Payton does not want to live in a world where he can't have an expanded playbook with a quarterback. It really is that simple. And so they've traded obviously for Russell Wilson prior to the Sean Payton experience. And they trade more draft picks to bring Sean Payton in. His hierarchy is higher than Russell Wilson when it comes to the Denver Broncos and benching him now 
just indicates that they will almost certainly move on unless Russell Wilson does some crazy restructuring of his contract this offseason. Now, he'll, he'll be released, um, and there's some offset language, so it might make his free agency very interesting. Russell Wilson needs to do the play-action stuff. He, he needs to not cook, and Sean Payton just kind of wants a decision-maker back there, and that's just really not where Russell Wilson is at this point. They had to bench him now because of the guaranteed money uh, on his deal if there was an injury. We've talked about that on this show. So this benching, to me, was not at all su- a surprise, the release is not at all a surprise. I have an off-season column on Underdog Network. If you guys want to go check out, I talked about that contract. So I think Russ will go. Maybe the Falcons might make some sense if Arthur Smith hangs around, just really under center, play action, throw over the top. And I think that the Steelers? Steelers make some sense as well. And I can see like Sean Payton. Talk about outside the numbers, vertical shots to Deontay Johnson, especially George Pickens. That is Russell Wilson's game. And for the the best parts of Russell Wilson's game this year have been late in the game, up tempo, throw oh. the ball all across the yard to guys like Cortland Sutton, big X receivers on the outside. So just it's two different philosophies here. Not at all a surprise. Jarrett Stidham by going to him, the team total did drop a couple points. Stidham is worse than this version of Russell Wilson still, but I understand it from the Broncos. Got to just move on. Can't guarantee twenty twenty five money this offseason. No way. The tweets out there comparing the Russell Wilson just pure raw numbers to like Patrick Mahomes and others are like if you go and actually and I hate to be this guy actually watch the games. All you have to do is go back to this past weekend. We talked about in stats versus film. He was unplayable in a bad way for the first three quarters, dropping his eyes, doing the hokey pokey in the pocket. I mean, you can't play football in that way. You can't function as an offense in that way. And there were so many games this season that he would play miserable football for one quarter, two quarters, three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, finally have two touchdowns. And like, that is what increases raw numbers and doesn't tell the entire story of when you actually go and watch it. There's a reason why Sean Payton just feels like he cannot Mm -hmm. coach football in a way that is advantageous to team success with the player who Russell Wilson is now. And actually, that's even after Russell Wilson improved the season, one, because of Sean Payton, and two, because he lost weight, and he was much more mobile than he was yeah. last year. Yeah, completely agree. I, I I think Russell Wilson's still like the 25th best quarterback. He will be a starting quarterback next year, but the offset money is going to be interesting because he can sign for very cheap because he guaranteed that money with the Broncos. Um, so we'll see which team wants to give him a probably a very cheap contract um, to be their quarterback next year. Okay, next benching was, to me, one of the – craziest quarterback and just fantasy player conversations that we've had in recent memory. That was a drastic disparity between on-field play and then fantasy success. Yes. He was the inverse Matthew Stafford. And that was Sam Howell this season. Yeah. I mean, he really was. Remember Matthew Stafford, like didn't have a top 12 scoring week for like the first 10 weeks of the season, just not so stuff despite playing well, Sam Howell was continuously doing it. Now Sam Howell has been benched for the final two games, even though Ron Rivera and company are going to be out. Uh, part of that is, in the last two games that we have seen, Sam Howell's been benched in fourth quarters. Jacoby Brissett comes in, plays quite well, throws the ball down the field, plays the in structure in rhythm, Ness gives chances. Um, your thoughts? Brissett kind of has that little flacco where he's just so big, can stand in there, take a huge hit, and then he has the arm strength to deliver the ball downfield. Right when this annou- was announced, the commander's team total went up. So the betting markets think that Jacoby Brissett is better than Sam Howell. I for sure think Jacoby Brissett is better than Sam Howell. Sam Howell just got sacked too much, turned over too much. And what are the exact traits that were 
betting on long term here. This is a day three guy. So I would be pretty surprised if Sam Howell is actually the quarterback going into next year. Uh, they have a chance. They might be one of the teams that can trade up into the Arizona two spot uh, for a Drake May or Caleb Williams. I would make some sense here. Maybe Russell Wilson could be on the table for them as well. But yeah, Sam Howell just he has like all the bad Baker Mayfield traits. But there's a reason why Baker went first overall and Sam Howell was a day three pick. Okay, and we talked about on the running back ranking show because it actually impacted your rankings that Tyrod Taylor comes in here for uh, Tommy DeVito. Love Tommy DeVito. Love Tommy Cutlets. Do you? But Tyrod Taylor is uh, just, he's just a better quarterback. You know, there's there's not a lot to say there. It doesn't really matter. Um, the Giants are, aren't playing for anything. Um, but the team total went up once Tyrod Taylor was named the starting quarterback. Throwing the ball downfield, like kind of letting it rip Tyrod Taylor. And that's at least gives Darius Slay and Jalen Hyatt a chance. I didn't miss any, right? That's it. Um, well, Levis should be back this week yep. against a, a really banged up Texans defensive line. Uh, the defensive tackles and both edge rushers for the Texans have not practiced this entire week. Um, and then, yeah, we get into like the Aiden O'Connell, Taylor Heineke, Mason Rudolph tier. Yep, that's it. Okay. We did it. Now, let's go to tight ends. And it's still... Leads off with uh, Travis Kelsey. I asked the question at the top, are you sure? Because Hayden, over the last two weeks, Travis Kelsey's been the tight end 24 with seven catches for 28 yards and the tight end 22 with seven catches and 44 yards. I had George Kittle ranked as my tight end one for 80% of the week. And then the last second, I've gone back to Travis Kelsey. This four game stretch, he's been averaging 8.4 half PPR points in this over the last four games. That's his worst four-game stretch since week one of 2018. So basically the worst it's been under Patrick Mahomes. Now they just have nowhere to turn the ball to. So it, it's still going to go through Travis Kelsey. This is a bounce-back spot against a Bengals injured defense, a really bad safety play from Cincinnati as well. So pick and lobby still has it at 62 and a half yards. But George Kittle, I nearly had the first flipping of the year, but Travis Kelsey, we might just like move him down to like the next tier. There is no elite tight end one anymore. We're talking about kind of a smashed uh, mid tight end one kind of tier. Now, George Kittle is your tight end two. Why did you almost put him as a tight end one this week? The 49ers predicted for 31 points and George Kittle is very good. So we're flipping coins for, for touchdowns <laughs> um, and no linebacker in terms of Jamin Davis. I mean, this is an area. It feels like, three of the four pieces around Brock Purdy are going to hit and just mm -hmm. hopefully George Kittle is one of those, you yeah. know, it's one of those weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Trey McBride is up next. Um, we just talked about it. If Kyler Murray is able to hit that 39 av pass average mm -hmm. uh, attempt that the Eagles are giving up every single week, then uh, Trey McBride should see like, I don't know, 12 of those targets. <laughs> yeah. No Marquise Brown still, uh, he's a tight end linebacker group, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and the safety group on top of it. Also, the slot group for the Eagles. It's They're terrible against fantasy tight ends. So Trey McBride will eat 66 and a half receiving cool. yards. That's the highest. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, that's the highest uh, on the slate among tight ends. Just the difference is the 49ers trying to score touchdowns versus Travis Kelsey. But this is, I think, the flattest it's been in a while, even this next guy. Yeah, well, Jake Ferguson, it hasn't been like elite statistical performances yeah. from Jake Ferguson. You know, like we've gotten those from George Kittle. We've obviously gotten those from Sam Laporta. We've gotten those from Trey McBride. Over the last three weeks, 
it's tight end 10, tight end 15, and tight end 25. But again, since the week seven bye, we did get a tight end five week out of Jake Ferguson. That was 1091 and one. We got another tight end five week, which mm-hmm. was just 726 and one touchdown. That was a down week. And then uh, in week 13, a tight end four week for eight, uh, eight targets, excuse me, 77 yards and a score. Did this suggest the Cowboys projected for basically 30 points? The Lions defense are 26 in passing success rate. They're ninth uh, worse against the position in general. And they're ninth worse. And I looked at it. The, the Lions just have not played very many good tight ends this entire year. So the fact that they're uh, still top 10 worst at the position is something that had caught my eye. Jake Ferguson's projected for 50 receiving yards in the pick and lobby. I do think he's going to play. And this is one of those games where Cowboys and Lions, they should just throw the ball a ton in this one because it's two high-scoring offenses. David Njoku plays on Thursday night, especially without Amari Cooper if he ends up not going. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Njoku will be a featured player no matter what. Yeah, If Amari's ruled out, I'll move Njoku up a couple spots. Uh, the matchup is still bad, um, yeah. but the Jets are the best team against fantasy wide receivers. They're 19th against fantasy tight ends. Obviously, when you have Sauce Gardner, um, that explains a lot of it. Can I throw out one David Njoku stat? Excuse me, Joe Flacco stat that I did not previously. Joe Flacco is just the second quarterback in Cleveland Browns history to throw for 300 yards or more in three straight games. Do you know the other quarterback? I, I wasn't alive for it, I bet. You were. Uh-oh. Who? You know him. Uh-oh. Josh McCown. <laughs> wow. Both were over the age of 35. That is so Brownsy that, that no young quarterback that wow. is supposed to be the face of the franchise has ever done that. But it's Joe Flacco and Josh McCown. Scheme with Joe Flacco would go crazy. Maybe in five years. We shall see. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll close up this here with actually Evan Ingram, uh, which makes sense. Christian Kirk is still out, and Evan Ingram fills that role very admirably. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence is healthy enough to play. Um, Yeah, he's been rock solid. Obviously, the volume is unbelievable. He's a tight end one overall in usage this month. It's just a little bit worried about jacksonville's offense in general but like he can easily finish as the, the tight end one this week no problem a little shocked to see sam laporta all the way down there as a uh, tight end eight i will say he <laughs> went the tight end two in week 12 the tight end one overall in week 13 then all the way down to the tight end 31 then the tight end one in week 15 when he had three touchdowns yep and then all the way back to tight end 42 this past week it's just a, a product of when you have the two running backs i'm on ross st brown could get cooking and then this week they're projected for fewer points talking about the Jared Goff uh, pressure rate stats and stuff. So that's the difference between Ferguson and Laporta. Just the Cowboys are favored over the Lions. And I know Dak Prescott's going to throw the ball like crazy. Jared Goff most likely will, but there's a chance that they just like let Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery eat against a Cowboys uh, undersized front seven. So obviously love Sam Laporta. This is a very flat tier to me. All of these guys can be tight end ones and a lot of uh, late round tight ends in this list. Yes, there are. Maybe another theme this summer. Actually, you you and I might go into early tight ends after uh, a bunch of these young guys are going to be drafted early. I have Trey McBride and Sam Laporta as my one-two currently going into next year. Okay, I'm just going to throw out some names here. Dallas Goddard. uh, Obviously, Isaiah Likely is a figure piece of the Ravens right now, and that might be even more so if Zay Flowers can't go Mm -hmm. this weekend, which is sounding like a potential. Um, Dalton Schultz, and then we'll put uh, even Kyle Pitts in there as a tight end eleven. So with Isaiah Likely, the Dolphins have a linebacker on injured reserve. They're obviously 
definitely better uh, with their corners than they are up the middle. So I think that helps uh, Isaiah likely. And then with Dalton Schultz, this is the CJ Stroud game. Obviously, there's no Tank Dell to compete with. We've seen Dalton Schultz be a fantasy tight end one, so I want to be aggressive with his ranking. He's actually even been the tight end seven this month in usage, um, even with CJ Stroud not playing. And then, yeah, with Kyle Pitts, uh, five different tight ends have put up at least 10 half PPR points against the Chicago Bears since week eight. Uh, David Njoku had that 100-yard game and a touchdown uh, just against them recently. Kyle Pitts, obviously, there's a, a big difference in the usage between him and these other guys, but the Bears have just kind of been a little bit of a tight end funnel, and um, he's at least better than the kind of next names. Okay, well, the next names are like Gerald Everett, Tyler Kraft, Darren Waller, and uh, Don Kincaid. Tyler Kraft might be the uh, most Tucker. intriguing name of that. Tucker Kraft. Do I say Tyler Kraft? Yeah, I think uh, – who was the Is other Tyler, Tyler tight Kraft? end? Uh, Tyler t- got injured – Bengals, Tyler. Why am I saying Tyler Kraft? I feel like I know a Tyler Kraft, maybe. Maybe you do. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, With with Mr. Tucker Kraft, we're talking about all these injuries, depending on who's active, who's not, including Luke Musgrave. He has a chance to return with the kidney uh, spot as well. We'll adjust his ranking. And then Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, I mean, right now, the Chargers will get to the wide receivers rankings because, my God, I have to rank Quinton Johnson somewhere. I don't want to. They're missing Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen. So right now, their their starting wide receiver group is Alex Erickson, Jalen Guyton, Quinton Johnson. So Gerald Everett, get prepared to eat. Shout out to uh, Tyler Craft 25 on Twitter, uh, who apparently back in December 23 of 2021 uh, is continuing and furthering his academic and athletic career at Concordia. There's probably a million Concordias. The nearest college to me right now is Concordia. So I might go play. Are they the Cobbs? I'm I I, no. I think that this is somewhere else. Yeah, that's this a is, different uh, Concordia. This is Fargo, North Dakota, sir. Yeah. I hope he's a subscriber. What what are the odds? <laughs> um, I'm just gonna <laughs> He's gonna be so confused. There we go. Cool. That's it. All right, everyone. That does it. Hey, go ahead. We have sickos, dog. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot for the people. Well, we got an all-time sickos defense on a Thursday night football for your fantasy finals. The Cleveland Browns, they're the number one team against the Jets. The Rams project uh, fairly well. They are playing the Giants, In T-Rod Taylor does not take as many stacks as Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito do. So don't love that one. Love the Bills. Love the Jaguars. Love the 49ers. Don't like the Texans because of all the injuries there. Um, Broncos are fine. So these kind of teams right at the bottom are my go-to. But the Browns could put up ridiculous numbers tonight. You know what the best Week 17 defense is? Who? Leagues that don't incorporate defenses. Yeah. I kind of like them, though. People like the sickos guy. I will say, if we had to rank them, defenses go above kickers. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, kickers, the Stone Cold Wars. Yeah, it is. We don't even know. We don't even know them. <laughs> when we got a, somebody asked us that sit start question, and I no. still don't know. Someone gave us three dollars, and we still did not answer them. Yeah. So just know, if you ask us kicker questions on Sunday mornings, which again will be back on this Sunday morning, probably around eleven thirty a.m., uh, we will not answer it. Nor should we. Nor should we. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, wide receivers will be up tomorrow. Enjoy Thursday night football. Hopefully, you all had tremendous holidays. I don't know if I said that yet. Because we have more coming up this weekend. All right. For Weaves, for Hayden. 
USC I big win. When is, when is that? Oh, that was last, last night. night. Six touchdowns. Miller Moss, where are you at? System quarterback for a guy who doesn't play in the system. Caleb All right. Williams. Enough. Enough already. <laughs> Up the fellow. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.